We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm an basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hi everyone, Tim here for the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. I'm recording on Friday. On Wednesday, the Lakers beat the Spurs 113 to 104. It was a pretty close game up until the last quarter. Uh, the Lakers were down a bit. Uh, they were certainly not playing Anthony Davis as as much as they possibly could have. He only played 26 minutes in his first game back from injury. Rui Hachimura played as well, made his Lakers debut, played 21 minutes, and we saw some nice performances from the two of those. With Rui, we saw what we were looking for, what we talked about on the last podcast. We saw the late clock bailout mid-range pull-up offense. We saw plenty of spotting up, and it went fairly well. Uh, you know, either shooting the open shots or if someone was closing out wildly, he attacked the closeout. Drew a couple fouls. We saw the short corner post ISO 1v1 game from him a couple times once he almost uh, posterized somebody. We saw six rebounds, a steal. The size was evident and it was a nice debut from him. It, I'm looking forward to see how he plays Saturday against Boston. Got to get a look at his wing defense. But was pleased. I still have to review the defensive film, but offensively it was looking good. And I think he's going to be a good fit. I'm a little worried. Well, I wouldn't say worried. It's going to take a little bit of time for him to get the full playbook under his belt. But I think he's a fairly easy plug and play from a role skill set standpoint. And so far, I think we've seen the Lakers use him in a helper role defensively and a stationary shooter role offensively. And against Boston, we'll probably see more wing stopper type responsibilities from him. But he was slotted in as a power forward. That had some implications on the Lakers rotation. I know some folks wanted him to play three. He's never really played all that much three. He's been a power forward. LeBron, same thing the past couple of years. So it makes some sense for the two of them to take up the power forward minutes. And then Brown and Christie take those three minutes. Uh, you know, Dennis and Russ are at point guard. AD and Brian are centers. At Bev, and then you know a little bit of Christie at the two. Once Reeves gets back, I think he's going to slot in well as the two, and we can have a solid ten guys. 
I'll talk about that in a second. But first, want to bring up Anthony Davis. In his first game back, he looked good physically, put up 21 easy points in like 26 minutes, had 12 rebounds. He was getting to the free throw line and knocking those down. Defensively, he was all over the place, had a steal, had four blocks, was incredibly disruptive, even when he wasn't doing something that was recorded in the box score. And it is so noticeable how different the the rim defense looks jumping from what Thomas Bryant has been giving the team. And he's done great offensively, but defensively, the jump from Bryant up to Anthony Davis is huge. That is really big. And I'm excited to see. We saw it a bit that game, and we'll see it more moving forward. And as Rui gets more familiar with the playbook, the offensive scheme that the Lakers have been putting together that has been just chugging along, doing a great job, along with improved defense from size that they now have with AD and Rui and much, much better rim protection with AD, some good rim protection from Rui. He was mixing it up inside a couple plays. I'm excited to see what that version of the Lakers looks like. And as we're looking at that rotation, I'm interested to see how LA sorts through this. We could have seen them play Troy Brown as like a two. We saw them play Christie at some two. But I think once Walker or Reeves gets back, they and Bev are going to be filling the, the two-man spot. Dennis and Russ at the one. I think Brown and Christie at the three. Braun and Rui at the four. And then AD with Gabriel or Brian at the five. Uh, I think, like, pairing-wise, having Pat Beverly with Troy Brown makes sense as a pairing. And having Austin Reeves with Max Christie makes sense as a pairing. If you go Bev, Christie, Reeves, Brown... I less into it and I'll explain why. And, and I guess it's more of a balanced thing throughout 48 minutes with Bev and Brown. You've got a guy with some ball handling in Pat Beverly and with Troy Brown, he's able to attack out of the short roll. And I like that. If you had Bev and Christie, I, a little bit less short roll attacking, although Bev can, can do it a little bit. Um, but Troy Brown's been really good in those situations. And then Austin Reeves has also been fantastic in those situations. So if you want to like really like end of the game, be able to attack in the short roll, inverted ball screens for LeBron, Reeves and Brown in together makes some sense. But throughout the first three quarters, then having Reeves in with Christie gives you one of those guys as well on the court and you know Christie out there for some spacing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I know I had pitched Christy uh, over Brown on Twitter and like a, a tweet or two. I, th- I think he's playing really well. He's been playing better and I would like to see his minutes increase. I think we're at the point where between the two of them, you can get 48 minutes of basketball and they can give you wing size at wing positions with this like 10 man rotation I've set up here. 
nine of those 10 guys are appropriately sized. 10 out of 10 if, if you've got Thomas Bryant at center, nine out of 10 if Gabriel is, is at your backup center. And I think there is a discussion to be had about which of the two of those should have some of those minutes. If you take a look at just how they've been performing in various areas, it's interesting because you know Gabriel's been better defensively, Bryant's been better offensively. Both have finished at the rim well and about as well as each other. In Gabriel's favor, I'd say he's been the well, he has been the much better rim protector. Thomas Bryant's been one of the worst rim protecting anchor bigs in our basketball index database. Opponents are shooting better at the rim than expected when he contests their shots. That's that's wild. And we see it. It just seems like everything he contests go in goes in, which which is bizarre. Um, Gabriel's been a bit more disruptive than that. Uh, Bryant does rebound better. From a three-point shooting standpoint, Bryant is the better three-point shooter, but him making one three every other game isn't really moving me a whole lot from a spacing standpoint. I as long as he's a five, as long as Gabriel's a five and we don't stick him with like AD and Russ, I'm not all that worried about the spacing element of this. And the Lakers have made some tweaks to the four out one in that I think makes it more viable with having a Gabriel as that guy inside or Brian as that guy inside. He has the mobility to play coverages other than drop. And, I, you know, he's been disruptive in various ways. He's, um, you know, really good on the offensive rebounding. Uh, so I, there's there's an argument to be made for him. For Bryant, I think you could say, hey, with AD likely, you know, starting now that he got that first game under his belt, his minutes are going to go up. He'll, he should be ready for Saturday against Boston. Bryant against backups should be better than Bryant has been against starters. It'll be easier for him, and his defense might be less noticeably poor, hopefully. That's that's the thinking. And then you like the rebounding that he gives on the defensive end. Uh, Gabriel may be a little small to play center. And so I, I'm not – it's close for me. I, it's been close. From an impact standpoint, they've been close. In the data, it's pretty close. I'm interested to see what it looks like with Gabriel getting a shot over Bryant. And I understand that there are certain things that, you know, he's going to do worse. But on the season, he's played better and he's been more impactful. And I think he makes sense in that second unit with like Russ, Reeves, Christie, Rui, and, and Gabriel. Like you've got ball handling, you've got passing, you've got shooting, you've got rolling, you've got guys that can defend uh, at the guard and wing positions at the rim. Like there's some, that's an intriguing group. And, you know, we're not always going to have hockey subs and those five in at the same time, but Brown and Christie can do similar things and bring similar things to the offense. Bev and Reeves add some spacing, add some secondary ball handling, add some good guard defense. They bring somewhat similar things. Dennis and Russ, slashers, on-ball guys, they're bringing similar things. Braun and Rui not really bringing similar things, but at least, you know, we've got another guy at that power forward position that can be appropriately sized. And then, you know, with AD and Gabriel, you can use them offensively both as roll and cut bigs, anchor bigs, or they could play a bit more mobile. Uh, and then just when AD's out there, you can operate out of him as a post player and ISO guy a bit more. And that'll be the case, com you know, comparing him with, with any of the others. So I like the combinations. I'd be interested to see a group like that. Um, Walker can certainly factor in here as well. I think the discussion would be, do you play Walker over Beverly? Uh, do you play Walker over Reeves? I don't want to play Walker over Christie. I don't want to play Walker over Brown. I don't want a smaller guy at that wing position. I think he needs to compete with guys his size. And if 
he's not like I think slotting him better should set him up better to succeed. We've seen how he started the season out hot defensively. Since then, it's really fallen apart. Part of that I think is due to the role change for him. So slotting him better, and then having him compete with with those guys uh, because it's not just all right. Well, the loser, <laughs> you're gonna play some three minutes. We've got Max Christie is, is doing a good job, and I'd rather have Christie in there than Walker in there at this point. Um, it's remarkable how poor the like on off data advanced or basic looks for Lonnie Walker when you consider that like 85% of his minutes have been with either LeBron or AD on the court. It's more than anybody. And he's had incredible circumstance and context. And in a way, I think there's been some smoke and mirrors related to that with his performance. He's a D shot maker on really high quality, some of the highest quality on the entire team, him and Beverly. Uh, because they've been the two playing the most with LeBron and AD. So if you can, you know, Reeves is shooting just flat out better. Christie's shooting flat out better. Pat Beverly earlier in the season was not. Now he's hitting his threes. If Beverly's a 40% three-point shooter and he's able to play good defense, that's a better player than Lonnie Walker in, in from my perspective. If Beverly's not hitting his threes, I think Walker can give you some things that Bev doesn't. But the athleticism only gets you so far. And with all of the grumblings about how the Lakers are looking to trade him and seeing what they can get for him, both Walker and Bev, I see, you know, the two of them and maybe a first round pick being what they look to move. And then, hey, if they can get, that's why they're talking about potentially getting a guard. And people are like, ah, it doesn't make sense. This team has so many guards. Well, they got rid of one of them and replaced him with a big. If they can trade another two for a guard, their numbers make a bit more sense. And if you can have, you know, throw a buddy healed in here, it, it makes some sense. If you go grab Bojan Bogdanovic, then I think you need to be playing like Max Christie up at the two, uh, or you just cut Christie or Brown from the rotation to accommodate that guy who's not going to play guard. And between Braun, Rui, and Bojan, you've got three of the least active, at least this season, the least active uh, defenders among power forwards from an a involvement standpoint. And so it's... That's a route, but I think if the Lakers Lakers were to trade for a guard that could shoot, um, an Alec Burks, a Buddy Heald, none of these guys are perfect. These guys are available for a reason, but you look at the synergies they could have with their skill set and the role they would play with the team as constructed, and I think you can make a case that it's, it's a net positive. So that's the kind of thing I'm looking for. Damian Jones continues to not be a factor. He's, as I've said it before, I'll say it again. If the team can trade him for anything at all, second round pick, go for it. Because he's not a fit with the scheme. Even in the games they have played mobile coverages, they haven't played him. So if that's not the case, it's not ever going to be the case, It's how it seems like. And to me, that's a little bit frustrating. He hasn't finished well at the rim. He's not a three-point shooter. But his interior defense has been pretty good. And he can play mobile coverages. He's just not been put in a position to succeed. He's not playing any of his time with the better players. And, you know, he's on, he's under contract for another year. So move him. Dump, dump that salary if you want to. Go see if you can get something back. Or include him as a salary piece along with Bev or Lonnie or whatever, along with the first round pick. Or maybe two first round picks. And go see if you can acquire something else. I don't know if the Toronto guys are available I don't know if there are any Chicago players available, but I would imagine that Rob Polinka is working the phones. And if this Lakers team goes out and, you know, beats Boston and is looking good, that might change some perspectives. 
that could change some perspectives. We might see the Lakers decide to go on. They play Brooklyn after that. They play the Knicks after that. These are difficult games. Pacers after that. Pacers have been really bad recently um, with Halliburton out. But a couple like real tests ahead. And if the Lakers can look pretty good in those tests, it might be time for the, the team to make that further investment. But uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll, we'll see what it looks like. In the short term, the Lakers have a D-back that is huge for this team. Huge for this team. The defense is going to be much better. Rui Hachimura is looking like he's a great fit on both ends of the court. The secondary rim protection immediately looks better. The late clock offense immediately looks better. He's a three-point shooting threat potentially. So far, so good. One for three from on those. So the Lakers trade is, is looking good in retrospect. And uh, we'll have to see how it stands up to the next test against the Boston Celtics tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, get a look at that wing defense for Rui. See, you know, are the Lakers going to be switching more? If so, do they play Gabriel? They are in a position now, removing their least switchy player in Kendrick Nunn, adding one in Rui, who's a good body to do that. If you look up and down the roster, you know, and it's not every one of these guys needs to be a lockdown one through five defender. That's not reality. But Russ can switch, Bev can switch, Reeves can switch, Brown can switch, Christie can switch, LeBron can switch, Rui can switch, AD can switch, and Gabriel can switch. Dennis, not as much. Bryant, not as much. Jones can do some of it if they were to decide to play him. But this team is now constructed, if they wanted to, to lean more into that, uh, potentially. So we'll see if they go that route. They might not. They've been very heavy drop. They've gotten a little bit less heavy on it recently, but that's uh, that's been the look of things. So that's what I have for you today. I'm going to sign off here and then get to the bonus Q&A pod for the Discord folks uh, at the lower bowl tier uh, subscription level. Um, they get their bonus pods. They get the extra content. They're going to get a chance to look at the X's and O's spreadsheet and data and analysis I have there in the Film Room channel. Um, want to shout out friends of the pod, TJ Timotaji, Zach Harris, Kudadio, iPod Shuffle, Romario, Romario Chamber, Miguel Shuttleworth, uh, Miguel T. Shuttleworth, Omar, Roy, Abdulrahman, Keneal Mason, Eric, and Doppel, all for living the high life with us in the owner's box. Shout out to the courtside and lower bowl crews as well. Go uh, join the Discord if you're not in there already. DM me, Tom, or the podcast account a five-star review of the pod. Or check out the link in my bio on Twitter at Tim underscore MBA. And uh, yeah, hop in there, check out the bonus content that we've got going on. And join us for the playback streams. Those have been a blast. We've been doing every one of them recently. Um, I was not able to make it on stage, but was in the chat for the most recent game. But the past, it seemed like 10. <laughs> we've, we've been up there. We've been chatting. We've been having a good time. And it's, it's a fun way to consume the game together as a community uh, with the games all synced up from a stream standpoint. We, uh, at halftime the other day, watched some Rui highlights uh, the day before he made his, or the game before he made his debut. So we're able to get like YouTube streams going too to kill some time during halftime. Uh, so we got some fun stuff up ahead with that. Go check that out at playback.tv slash Lakers watch party. And uh, we'll, we'll see you there for that game. Take care, everyone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. 
Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash aware.